Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, and uh, today is a very special edition of the podcast. Joining me, a uh, former coworker of mine, a former boss, uh, also hopefully a new good friend of a program. It is uh, the Utah State voice of God, uh, voice of the Aggies, and uh, one half of what I consider to be the best sports radio show in the market. It is uh, Scott Gerard. Well, welcome to the program, Scotty. I really appreciate you jumping on. It is not often that I get to talk to you know people that matter, so I am excited to to chat with you here today. And uh, it's it's just been a while, you know. I I you know there are certain things when people ask me that I don't miss about radio. Some things, yeah, you know, some things I don't. But one thing I really do is I I miss. I miss talking uh, ball with Scott Gerard, and I, I miss hearing your voice. So uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, was just listening to the show actually on on the way home. I I like to think of myself as really your Gen Z audience. Like I <laughs> I am the Gen Z audience listener podcast captain uh, for the Hands and Scotty G show. So I, I you know I I do my best to to keep keep track i listen to the interviews most of the time and you know listen to the show uh pretty pretty often still it's just i guess still a habit but i, I am so happy you're here and i will stop talking now because i <laughs> rambled on for about 10 minutes well no man i'm fired up man and I, I i love what you do and i love i love what you're putting together and and i miss you on those late night utah state games when uh you know, a basketball game that would start at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it was probably you, me, and maybe two other people listening. But uh, those are fun times, man. And I miss you. And uh, uh, I'm fired up to chat, man. This this will be fun. I'm I'm excited. I got the invite. Well, absolutely. You know, I I I am under no illusion. This is a podcast that gets maybe thirty listeners max an episode. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm just I, I do it. I I truly do just do it for the love of the game uh and uh and the love of just sitting and, and talking a little bit of sports and I, i'm really hoping to give the listeners here i'm i'm hoping for maybe a, a quote tweet or a retweet and maybe some more eyes on on this one i'm just trying to give the people an inside look uh into you know but you know the, the voice of, of utah state athletics and of really one of the bigger voices in the in the market so i i'm i'm excited for this i wanted to start with this how has your summer been? Obviously, there's really no off season when it comes to sports radio. But did you do anything fun this summer? Were you able to get away a little bit? Uh, how, how was summer vacation? You know, honestly, you honestly, not really. Uh, my uh, my oldest got married in uh, June. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, I saw that. Very cool. And uh, that has a way of depleting your vacation budget. So yeah. uh, it was no, it was fun, man. It was it was great, and I don't feel like I'm old enough to have a kid that's married. Uh, but here we are. It life comes at you pretty quick. So, but yeah, no, that was a good chunk of our summer. And then as soon as that was over, then it's media days and fall camp, which just got underway. And so there's always something going on. And you're right, like there really is no off season. We always think that oh, you know, what are we going to talk about in June and July? But you know, with conference realignment and NIL and and this whole collegiate sports world turned upside down, plus, you know, everything getting ready for the NFL, there's always, always stuff to talk about. And this this summer was no exception. Yeah, no, it always a ton of stuff to talk about. It, it seems there's there's never 
a, a dull moment. Have you have you been barbecuing much this summer? How, yes. How, how has that been going? I, always, I, always barbecuing. Always, uh, always have the smoker going. Uh, we're either doing ribs or brisket or pulled pork, and so yes, a lot of that. There's no doubt about that for sure. Always time for that. I will say this: one of my greatest regrets uh, of of my life is I heard talk of, you know, I, I worked at the station for a, a semi long time, not a super yep. long time, but you know, four years, I always heard tales of a great station barbecues, but it, it just never happened in my time. And I feel like I got robbed of some Scotty G barbecue. And I, yeah, I, I yeah. must say that's, that's really the only malice I hold towards you and, and the radio <laughs> station is I just, I would have liked some free barbecue. Like I, you know, you bring so, you know, of course you got to keep Lloyd happy. You don't want to you know upset him. He's a big boss around there, but you know, I just would have liked to try some barbecue. Well, and we, you know, we always had those, those events and then, uh, and then COVID hit, we didn't do it that year. And then, uh, I had some renovations to the place the year after. And then this year, uh, you know, we just never got around and the dates never worked out. So it's not that you weren't invited. It's just, we never did it over the last few years. And so, so I tell you what, Eric, though, next time we do it, even though you're not with the station anymore, you have an invite. I'll just oh, let you know that right now. So let's go. So, so you'll, 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 you'll be invited for sure. All right. I, you know, I appreciate that, Scotty. All I, all I really, I do like barbecue quite a bit to me. I love brisket, really a huge fan of brisket ribs. I, I mean, ribs I like, but I'm not super partial to, but uh, man, just something about brisket, just really, yeah. especially if you get a nice marbled cut, like I, I really like brisket. Very good. It's really hard to cook too. Uh, but once you do it and you do it right, there's nothing better. You're right. It, it's, it's as good as it gets right there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have a, a list, a running list, and I uh, thought we could, you know, as as I've said before, you know, I, I am your Gen Z audience. Like, I just wanted to give you a little feedback on the show. And, you know, all of it's basically <laughs> positive. But like, and again, no one cares what I think. I am I am a nobody, but a nobody. But there, I, I, I line things into what I'm interested in right now, what I'm ready to put on the back burner and what I want to go away. And, you know, I thought we'd start with the bad first uh, and like just get get the unpleasant conversations out of the way first. Uh, dude, I, I like I, I realized that we have to talk about it. But I am so sick and tired of hearing about Pac-12 media rights. I like I, I'm just I, like, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm just done with it. Like, I, you know, you had John Wilner on today and he was like, well, the Pac-12 might stay together. I listened to that and was like, man, if, if Utah decides to hang on to this, like I will be very angry as a, as a Utah fan. Like I do. I do not want to be in a dead Pac-12 uh, but yeah, I'm just sick of it. I mean, it, it started back when I was literally working in radio. Yeah. That's how long it's been. I've been removed for about a year here and I started and it was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll do it in December. No, we'll, we'll talk about it in August. Next Pac-12 media days, we'll have a deal done. And then they just keep pushing it back and back and back. And I heard you reporting today that there's a meeting going down tonight or tomorrow night uh, where they're going to talk about numbers potentially, but I've just, I'm not, I can't lie to you, Scotty. I am just really tired of listening to people talk about Pac-12 media rights deals because frankly, as a fan, it just feels like it's never going to happen and it's pointless to talk about. And the conference is pretty much already dead. And I, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, if Utah stayed in that conference, if what John Wilner said was accurate and you play with San Diego state, like to me, okay. So we're just like playing in the new era mountain West. Like what? And my problem is once Kyle Whittingham's gone, what is the selling point for Utah if they are not in either the Big 12, the Big 10, or the SEC, or one of these emerging Big 3 conferences? Because I hate to tell you, like, and I, I know, Utah fans don't like to admit it, but there's a pretty good guy down in Provo who's really good at recruiting too, and eventually he's going to say, listen, the Pac-12, you know, it's fine, but like, let's be honest, we both know Recruit X it's not a power five conference. Why don't you come on down here to Provo and compete for national titles? And that is, you know, as a Utah fan, my, my, my literal worst nightmare. <laughs> All right. So I am with you a hundred percent. And and I've talked about this on the show a lot about how I was all media dealed out over the last eight months. Um, until, until Colorado left. And now it's a it's it's a big storyline and you just can't get around it now because obviously and I really felt and I actually feel a little duped in this, too, because, you know, the stance I had on the air was it appeared that Brett Yormark in the Big 12 was running circles around the Pac-12. And and yet I was like, OK, you know what, though, I'm not going to jump the gun and I'm not going to throw the Pac-12 or George Klopkoff under the bus until we see the numbers. Until we see the numbers, then we'll judge and then we'll say, okay, he did great or he did horribly. Uh, but I'm not going to judge him either way because there's a lot of people that were, you know, and a lot of it was the Utah BYU puffing out their chest and, and stuff like that. But I thought, you know, it doesn't do anybody any good. And one thing I've learned about being in radio, you got to be careful with your opinions because if you jump the gun too soon and 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 it turns out the other way, you look really silly and really dumb. So my stance was, I'm just going to, we'll just grin and bear it. We'll get through it. And I'm with you. It was annoying as hell. Nobody really wanted to deal with it and talk about it, but it was just this black cloud looming above the, above the conference. But as soon as Colorado left, then I realized, okay, wait a minute. If Colorado jumped, that means they either a know something and know the numbers and know that they're not good or B they're just fed up and tired with leadership that was a huge vote of no confidence in the Pac-12 leadership. And that was a sign like, okay, this is a problem. This is really a problem. And all this posturing and all this, because behind the scenes, I thought, you know what? They'll know what the number is. They know what it is and, and, and they must be okay. But as soon as Colorado left, it's like, okay, this is a, this is a big deal here. And this is something that we got to worry about because if the Pac-12 and again, tomorrow they'll they'll share the numbers with the ADs and the presidents. And if that number is not good, this conference, which is has hundreds of years of of history and, and pageantry, could be gone just like that. If Arizona leaves the Big 12, this conference just may completely crumble. And that's a massive storyline to be in the middle of. And I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm really fascinated by it. I'm a little bit heartbroken. I'm not a Utah fan. I'm not a BYU fan. Uh, you know, I try to I try to go down the middle on that thing. But the fact that we might see a conference dissolve right in front of our eyes is a monumental historic sports event that we just don't see very often. And um, and, and it could be there. I mean, like this time next week, 
who knows what things are going to look like and it's it's scary it's bizarre it's fascinating but holy smokes buckle up because this ride's going to get nasty who would have thought that george kliavkov would have done a worse job than larry scott i just i did not have that on my bingo card when that happened he had literally one job he had one yeah. job which was to deliver a meteorites deal and keep everyone else in check and then he lost him because he and what really what really really pissed me off was what he did at media days yes. when he was like well we're we're focusing on football and it's like what okay so do you have a deal done and he's like well let's hold off that's not what i said and it's like why would you say that why yeah. would you say that? Because I guarantee you Colorado's AD hears that and says, all right, yeah, this guy's like, this guy's a clown. Like, we got to get out of here before things really melt down. And yeah, I don't know. From the a dude, yeah. The dude sat at our table. He he not only did the press conference, but he went around and talked to individual radio stations. He came to our table. Now, I was not there, but Hans was there. Um, PK was there. Scott Mitchell was there. Uh, Jake Scott was there. He sat at our table and flat out said, if I was worried about a team leaving our conference, I would have pushed a deal done and got a deal done months ago. And and so the question then was, are you worried about somebody leaving? I have no worries about that whatsoever. And five days later, Colorado leaves. So either one, you're naive and that's a huge problem. Or two, you're a blatant liar and that's a huge problem too. Either way, pick your own adventure there. It's bad. It's really bad. And it's just, I can't believe that he would sell that bill of goods, either being naive or being completely uh, falsifying the information out there. Either way, it's a bad look, and it's really embarrassing for him and this whole conference. Yeah, I, I want to transition that into what that looks like for Utah. I know you probably can't say a ton, and you know, I, I have the advantage of, again, being a nobody nowhere who, who can say these type of things. But, like, I, I don't know. I, my confidence right now in Mark Harlan is not high. I, I don't know. As an athletic director, yeah. it just feels like if he's really towing the line and saying, okay, we're going to be loyal to the PAC 12. I feel like that's incredibly short-sighted. And I do worry about like presidency as well, because I do worry that they, that Utah values being in a conference with Stanford and up there academically in the PAC 12, they, you know, as a former student and someone who, you know, works in higher ed now, like the U treats themselves like they're Stanford. They're not. They are not Stanford. They do not provide the same quality of education, but they think of themselves in that same regard. And if you're going to put the academics ahead of everything else, that's fine. You're a university, but it just, you know, as a fan of sports, it just, it makes me really worried because I, I can see a I, again, I just see a real possibility where the recruits aren't stopping coming to Utah right now because they've got a guy named Kyle Whittingham who's pretty damn good at getting you to the NFL. But he's said so many times that he doesn't want to coach for his entire life. Like, uh, I would imagine he steps away within two to three years. And and then what are you, what are you doing? Like, what's your pitch to these yeah. people? Come play in a conference with San Diego State? Well, no. And then you look at the in-state battles, especially like Utah is becoming like a hotbed for really good high school football recruits. And if you have one school that's in the Big 12 and part of this new wave of college football where there's only really two or three major conferences that move the needle and Utah's in 
the Pac-9 or whatever, if Arizona bolts, that, uh, I'll just be honest with you, Scott, that scares the shit out of me because <laughs> it, it's just like, what are we even doing here? Like Utah's, Utah's becomes an irrelevant school, athletically. They become irrelevant. And and from how far they've come, they this is a team that people are talking about as a potential dark horse for the college football playoffs this year. To have all that and then to just fade back into the Mountain West, more or less, like, I don't want that. And and the fact that Mark Harlan seems to be fine with that, I, I, I don't know. At least that's for rep- what the reporting suggests. I mean... I am I'm not a huge fan, to be honest with you. Well, and and it's funny because we went, you know, we go we go back and pull, you know, clips from old shows and stuff. And Hans and I both said in May that if Colorado leaves, because, you know, this rumor has been kicking up for a while that Colorado was going to leave the Big 12. And we both said in May that if Colorado leaves, Utah needs to be right there behind him um, and be ready to go because. All right, so let's say that they try to keep the Pac-12 together. Who do you replace them with? San Diego State? You know, San Diego State's coming in to replace USC and UCLA. Okay, that's fine. Colorado leaves. Then where do you go? SMU, Colorado State, UNLV? Does that move the meter for you? Do you really want to be in a conference with with those players? And look, nobody's more Mountain West than I am. I love that conference. Um, I'm a big fan of it. But at the end of the day, you did all this work to get where you're at right now and to be part of that conference they need look whatever pride you need to swallow whatever fences you need to mend whatever you need to do you need to be on that next train going to the big 12 because whatever is left behind is not great oregon and washington are just waiting for the big 10 to invite them um arizona is got a foot out the door to the big 12 you need to be there as well it's just this isn't the place you want to be right yeah it's it's just it's it's a difficult spot and i i really you know i you know i hope that they make the right decision but part of me thinks they won't and that that would just make me pretty sad because i i too do like the mountain west and we'll get into the mountain west here in a little bit but I, I, you know, as a Utah fan and like maybe, okay, maybe it's fine. Maybe you just dominate the new age Mountain West for the next 10 years. But like, I, I guess you better hope you go undefeated every year or you're never getting a chance to even sniff the college football playoffs. I mean, it's, it just makes things harder, you know? Yeah. And, and like, you can see a two loss big 12 team making a playoff. You can't see that with the PAC 12 next year. If what it, looks like is what we think it's going to look like uh it's a scary deal for sure yeah for sure uh other things i'd like to go away oh this one's just a funny one. the raiders i've just been thinking about the raiders recently uh and um yeah i just you have both. i have this i have this real i mean it's a terrible thought it is a terrible thought but it also made me laugh and you don't have to answer this. You really don't. But wouldn't it just be hilarious if we get to week one and Jimmy G, the oft injured quarterback, like breaks his foot or something, and then they just have no quarterback for the rest of the year? I mean, that to me, I thought about that and I smiled a little bit because it it really does feel... Like, at least, you know, we'll talk about the Broncos in a little bit. And they have very bad news today. But, yeah. you know, 
I at um, least I'm. I, I I just like to think you know. I think my lucky stars. At least I'm not a Raiders fan. You know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. You know, and I'm I'm considerably older than you, and so I lived the Broncos Raiders rivalry for a long time, and I have huge disdain for that organization and everything about it. Um, I will say though, um, as much as I dislike the Raiders, um, the Chiefs are number one on my list. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I am I am all chiefed out. Yeah. I refuse to watch the quarterback documentary because I can't I, stand Patrick Mahomes. It's very and, good. Actually. And his wife. I oh. can't stand his dopey brother. I can't stand anything about him. And, and by the way, I will fully admit this comes from a level of jealousy. I'm jealous. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't Me like too. the Chiefs winning Super Bowls. I don't like them winning a lot of games. I don't like the fact they've won the division for like 20 years in a row. I don't like any of that. And so the Raiders used to be my number one hated team in the NFL, but they're just not good. Like, I know they're beating the crap out of the Broncos over the last several years, but everybody has. But I, the Chiefs, it just it doesn't compute in my NFL fandom brain that the Chiefs are an elite team in the NFL. And I know they've been that for the last four years, but I just can't seem to come to grips to it that the Chiefs are a dominant team. And the way that team is built will probably be a dominant team for a long time. I'm having huge denial on it, but yet here we are and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I'm not quite chief stout yet. I don't like that we play in the same division as them. I, I'm just kind of a, a football sicko and I love good quarterbacks. I just really love elite quarterbacks. And unfortunately they have a, like maybe the most elite quarterback ever. And uh, that part makes it hard for me to like actively root against Patrick Mahomes because it, when you do watch him, it's just like, Half the time, it's like, wow, how, how did you even do that? And it's just, I think, the beauty of watching football. But I'm with you. I mean, one more Super Bowl and I'll be, you know, I've never been a root for injuries guy, except for one guy whose name happens to be Tom Brady when he was with the Patriots in the, <laughs> between, you know, 2013 and 2015. But, it, you know. I don't, yeah. I don't want to put it on the table, but like, I, I mean, one more Super Bowl, I, I might get, I might get that way. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. It just feels like, yeah, it feels like it, it does feel like they're like one Super Bowl away from like everyone starting to kind of be like, all right, now, now you're the Patriots and, and we hate you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm, but I'm just give it close. Just give it one more year, Scotty. You only have to wait and kind of hold your tongue for one more year because I guarantee you if they win the Super Bowl this year, next offseason, it's all going to be anti-Chiefs. Everybody's going to have their, you know, they're like, let's get rid of the Chiefs. Yeah. Hey, let's yeah. see something different. You know, the good thing about the NFL, though, is that it's just so, like, even the Patriots, and I know they won a bunch, but you look after they won the first two or three, and then there was a massive gap between mm-hmm. – between the next bunch and it's just you know the nfl is 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 so evolving and it's really hard to have a long-term dynasty in the league and things can get ripped away really quickly so like as much as the chiefs annoy me i also take solace knowing that you know i've been watching this league for a long long time and and winning you know the patriots are really the only team that have been able to do it and even then it was there was there were some gaps in between those eras and it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs find a way to go backwards a little bit, or at least the rest of the league catches up with them. But uh, I, I'm I'm certainly hoping for it. Absolutely. 
All right, that's that's pretty much all all that you know. I I, I you know I don't have many more gripes. I mean, there's very very certain advertising things, but you know you have to live, and you know you know you have I'll to pay the bills, man. You have to, you have to pay the bills, and like I yeah. you know I could do with like a few less thousand ed ads, but like you know I, I you know I'd be you know you got to pay the bills, and I respect that. So we don't have to go into that. That hey, was look, my, that you was become my a man at a certain enough. age. Apparently, things don't work the way they 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 normally did, and we're we provide people that can help with that. So, so we're here to help. Apparently, you guys are doing the Lord's work. That's uh, yeah, that, exactly. that 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 is absolutely uh, for sure. All right, let's just get into what I I actually want to talk about, and that is, oh my God, football is almost here. I don't I don't know if I to me it's always Scotty. It's always Pioneer Day. Always Pioneer Day. Something in my brain clicks. And it's like, okay, I got to like start listening to the NFL podcast again. I got to start looking at win totals for college teams. Like I got to buy my football magazines. Like, you know, that's when it really kicks in for me. And I'm just, oh man, I can't wait. Every day I just, I'm like, man, because I just wish we could fast forward to August 26th and, and get this thing started. Like I, I, I you know. And the preseason starts. I mean, for preseason's garbage. We know this, but like, still, I get excited for it. You know, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I want to watch a few like rookie quarterbacks and see how they do. And you know, ah, I I don't know if you if you're quite there yet, but oh, I'm so excited for football and and training camps just started. You know, it's 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 time for football. Well, look, tomorrow as we record this on July 31st, tomorrow is August one, which means we are done. We will now, I mean, the last full month of no football is behind us. And so it's here. And I know it's preseason and I know it's week zero in college football. I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. The fact is we will actually have NFL preseason games, regular season college football games in just a matter of weeks uh, before the month of August is over. And you're right. The long drought is over and it's time to go. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am excited. Of, of course, I, I'm excited for all the major college programs here in the state of Utah. I wanted to start uh, with with Utah State, uh, which, of course, I've followed very closely over the past few years and have become kind of a closet fan of. I, I just really, you know, I like the program. I like Blake Anderson a lot. Had things uh, stabilized up there with that athletic department? I mean, new president, uh, are things pretty set in stone? Or how, how are we feeling about the security of Jerry Bovey and, and Blake Anderson right now going into the season? Well, Blake Anderson, certainly secure. And uh, a new president's been hired. Uh, she actually starts tomorrow, her first day on the job. And uh, one of her first tasks is to name an athletic director. And Jerry Bovey's the interim athletic director. Um I uh, I don't know if he will get the job or not. I know they've done a national search and there's been multiple rounds of interviews. I fully anticipate that this time next week uh, there will be there there will be either Jerry Bovey will be the full time athletic director or there will be somebody else that will be the AD. But that's close to being resolved. And uh, and so yes, it's uh, it's been a kind of a tumultuous almost since you go back to November is when John Hartwell stepped away as athletic director. And uh, so it's been, it's been a tumultuous run, but uh, hopefully things will stabilize here really quick. But I think, you know, to Jerry Bovey's credit, he's done a remarkable job holding down the fort, hiring a new basketball coach, dealing with uh, a wave of NIL and collectives and this new world of college athletics that we're dealing with. And 
I think he's done an admirable job. Um, you know, from a personal standpoint, he's a good friend. I hope that he gets the job. Um, but even if he doesn't, I fully anticipate that he'll be part of the athletic program for a long time and, and we'll continue to keep that thing going. And it, it's, yeah, it's been a weird run. It's unlike anything that I've seen in a while, but I think that they withstood things and now it's time to get, get the season going. Absolutely. So I, you know, I have to ask this famously me and Audrey debate on this, you know, pretty constantly. Uh, Cooper Lega, are we, are we doing this thing? Like, uh, are, are, are we doing this thing? Like he's for sure, you know, day one starter at this point. I, my opinion of Cooper Lega has always been, yes, he had that really nice bowl game. It was a great story, but at points last year, it was like, Oh, what, like, where is any semblance of accuracy with, uh, for you as a quarterback, which which tends to be an important thing for quarterbacks and a hard thing to teach for quarterbacks? Um, but Cooper Lega, I guess that's that's my question here. Cooper Lega, like, are we doing this thing? Like, how how confident are you in Cooper Lega coming into this season? Because to me, you know, Blake Anderson's a really good offensive coach and has a really good offensive scheme in in, in play. And if a quarterback can just not screw up and not throw incompletions and not throw interceptions and not make mistakes, you you're gonna stay in games and you're gonna have a chance to win a lot of games. How how where, where are you at with Cooper Lagaga coming into the season? And and do I have a right to have reservations about him? I just I I, I don't know. I yeah I like him a lot. I think he's a good leader, good kid, but I you just. Some things about his game, just when I watch him, don't don't really pass the the eye test for me. Well, I will say this in Cooper Lagaz's defense. So when he took over, Utah State was a one and four, and they had lost to Weaver State. They'd lost to UNLV. Those are two games that they absolutely should have won. Um, and and Logan Bonner, who had such a tremendous year the year before, was dealing with the injuries and uh, couldn't get his knee right, and then suffered another injury. So Cooper Lagaz comes on the scene. And you're one and four. And as a starter, he finishes the year five and two and gets him to a bowl game. And so I give I give Cooper Lega a lot of credit. You know, uh, sometimes is it always the prettiest? No, but the dude's a winner. Um, and, and he played well and carried that team when that team absolutely could have fractured, absolutely could have fallen apart. And he finds a way to right the ship, get the offense going, and gets him to a bowl game when you would have told me at one and four, is this team going to bowl game? I'm like, yeesh, I, I don't know. It'll look good. And yet he was able to turn it around and get them to where they needed to be and nearly let a huge comeback to beat, Bo- you know, they were right there knocking on the door about, about uh, uh, beating Boise in, in Boise, which has never happened in 20 years for Utah State. So that I'm a fan of kid. Um, in spring ball, I think it was more of a, they, you know, they had Levi Williams, um, you know, they, they, uh, uh, they they really opened it up and said, all right, you know, you got to go win the job. And Cooper Lega won the job. And there was heavy competition in spring. And he shut the door on it and said, no, this is my job. And I think they gave a lot of people some opportunities to try to rip it away. And Cooper Lega never let it happen. Now going into fall camp, he's going to be the guy. Uh, uh, he'll be your week one starter. And off we go. But the kids got moxie, man. And again, I get it. It may not be the prettiest of times, but uh, he's a dude you want in your foxhole, and he finds a way to to win more often than not. How's Kyle Van Leeuwen doing coming back from that injury? What we're, we're kind of you know it, that is one thing I will say. It, it is sometimes hard to get 
camp reports out of Logan. I, I, I don't, I don't have the best, you know, reach. Yeah. If you could give me some good follows or, you know, some, some, some tips there, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Cause sometimes I feel like I, I just don't know what's going on up there, but you know, Kyle Van Leeuwen was a big part of this offense for the Logan Bonner era. Obviously tragic injury last year. How's he looking coming back? I, I feel like he is one of the parts of this offense, but better is really going to determine whether it's, it's successful yeah. or not. And that's the thing. Um, so uh, Blake Anderson's taken over play calling duty. And I actually think, I know there's a lot of gloom and doom about Utah state and, and with all the transfers that they had, I actually think offensively, they have a chance to be really, really good. Robert Briggs, healthy at running back. Kyle Van back and healthy at, at, at wide receiver. They added a couple of key pieces in the portal at wide receiver. Um, and then I also think that um, that uh, that Terrell Vaughn is a player that uh, nobody's talking about in the state, but only Devon Vele at the University of Utah has more yardage as a return wide receiver than uh, Terrell Vaughn. And in the state of Utah, like, I think this kid is an absolute superstar in the making. Nobody really knows the name, but as a kick returner and as a wide receiver, I think he has a chance to be really special. I think Utah State's offense is going to be just fine this year. I think they're going to score points. I think that they'll be able to uh, generate a lot offensively. Defense, now they took a lot of hits uh, on that portal, especially in the front seven. Uh, they got decimated. Now they've restocked. And the question is, how good are the guys that you brought in? Because you lost some dudes. I mean, you lost some flat out players and now you got to re restock the shelves and they have, but we just don't know how much, how good they are. And so there's a lot of question marks. We just don't know. And so that'll be a question mark defensively. Offensively, I, I think they're going to be all right. Like I, I, I would say I, right now, my impression on Utah State would be um, when you're thinking about over under on point totals. I think you may want to take over on Utah State in terms of, of games that they play. I think they're going to score a lot of points. They might give up a few points, but I think it, they're going to be really entertaining to watch. One player I'm really excited about, obviously, came in on the 60 and 60 list today, which is always fun. I, I'm a big Eichel Larson fan. I just really liked Absolutely. what he did last year. I, I think he's a really good player. I do, you know, he is, as as you said today on the show, actually is pretty ingrained in the, with the community up in Logan. But I do feel like this could be potentially kind of a, with the way college football is now, kind of a last ride for him at the G5 level. Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, Scotty, I think if he plays the way he did last year, this year, and, and even gets a little bit better as players tend to do in their second year, I think there's going to be a certain defensive-minded head coach in Salt Lake City who is going to be calling him up and saying, Hey, like how, how much we got to throw your way NIL wise to get you to come, you know, play at right cycle stadium or, or even the big 12, or, you know, he could be a, you know, a big 10 sec player. He is a very, very talented player. I think that if he continues the track record, he's on, he's definitely a guy that the size is a little bit of an issue, but like could get NFL looks who knows, I, I'm just a huge fan of Ike Larson. Am I, you know, am I, am I out of bounds to think that he, you know, he, he, this year will be great for him at Utah state, but maybe next year there's going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit of competition from these top programs across the country that might, might want a, a stellar safety like himself. Well, the suitors have already come calling. Um, and, uh, 
so apparently they had to they they already had to ward off a lot of uh, a lot of people trying to claim his services and it really would have been easy for him too to to make the jump because uh you know there were a lot of other players on that defense that did just that i uh uh i don't i don't know about that part but i will say that you're spot on in terms of uh his talent and how good he can be um the the sky's the limit i mean three block punts on the season um you know four interceptions a couple of pick sixes uh a couple you know he, he can rush the passer they brought him on a lot of blitz packages as well this dude is special and there's certain guys that you just know immediately they're like oh okay this guy's good and i remember that first game against uconn last year uh when he's making play after play it's just like oh okay then all right i see what we got here and he just continued to get better and better and better as the year went on i'm just i'm telling you like like i'm not the guy that's going to project like okay because he did this he'll do this in the nfl i always acquiesce to hands on that stuff because i'm not a talent evaluator when it comes to projecting what a guy will do at the next level but from the collegiate standpoint you're hard-pressed to find a better safety than ike larson yeah very very good holly matuapuaka as well very solid still solid up front glad that they were able to keep him do you now well i can't really ask you that because you do you know you, you stay away from the nfl comparisons but i do feel like potentially you know he's maybe a guy to keep an eye on from utah state as well for sure yeah absolutely yeah. All right. No, now I just got to ask you about the conference because last year doing the games and stuff and having more free time being graduated, I really did watch a lot of Mountain West uh, conference football. And uh, I kind of plan on doing the same thing again, to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm just a fan. So I'm, I'm going to throw out just a few teams that I think will be good. And uh, I think you have a better read on it. So you, you let me know. Okay. Air force. I think air force could probably win the conference if they wanted to um i worry a little bit about returning players um they lost a couple players defensively uh hazik daniels the quarterback is gone brad roberts who was the offensive player of the year last year is gone so uh but but air force is always kind of plug and play um so i uh i would i in my preseason ballot i picked them Let's see, where did I have them? I think I had them second or third. Um, so no, I, I I think they'll be in the running. I think that they'll be an eight or nine win team, but I do not think they'll be as good as they were the last two years. Boise, always good, probably remain good. Yeah, yeah. They've got a quarterback uh at the Taylor Green that that is, I think is has a chance to be really special. Um, I think he's really, really fantastic. So yeah, Boise. They'll always be in the mix. They pro- usually have the best talent from top to bottom. So it, it's hard not to think that Boise will be right there in the running. San Diego State, a little bit of a down year by their standards last year. Did they bounce back this year? Could. Very well could. Uh, I don't know. Um, the one thing about San Diego State is that they'll always have great defense. They'll always run the ball. Where are they going to be out of quarterback play? And until they have a guy that can absolutely sling it, uh, I'm always a little concerned about San Diego State. But again, top third of the conference for sure. UNLV, never never really great, but I am I'm a huge fan of their head coach. That that was the one thing that I really came away with cutting audio clips last year. I'm a huge fan of UNLV's head coach. I'm a huge fan that they always seem to play tough and they do seem to get a little bit better every year. 
Do you think maybe this year they have a chance to get to a bowl game? Um, yes, yes, I do think that. Um, but it would be six and six. Um, I, uh, I think that you're looking at, um, I need to see their full schedule. I think I picked them seventh in the conference, but, but getting six certainly is possible for sure. And then the one team I know you you hate going there, and I know everyone hates going there, but one thing I, I have decided is this year I'm going to try to do a, a little bit of a college football tour. I want to go see a game at, you know, I've, I've seen games at Rice Eccles Stadium, but I want to go down to Provo and I want to see a game in Logan. But one thing that has crossed my mind is I really would just like to go to Laramie on like a really cold night yes. in, in November and just check out what they've got to offer because I know it's a pain in the ass to play there, but it does feel like it could be potentially a really fun place to watch a football game. You know what? You have not, you've not experienced college football until you go to a game in Laramie. Yes. 100%. You need to go to a game in Laramie. Um, uh, it's uh, I would, you know, usually you probably drive because it's hard to fly into Laramie. So yep. you're leaving it. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's not that bad of a drive. It's, it's only like five hours. It's only five. It's it's about the same to Vegas, honestly. Yeah. And so it's not a bad drive, but you get I-80 in late October, November, you know, it, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's, it's part of the experience for sure. Absolutely. Uh, it's, and, and the people are super nice until it's game time. Then they, they, then, then they're awful. Uh, but it is, it is as, yeah, I don't know. Like I, 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 we always make fun of it, but it's actually kind of a cool place to call a game because of the wind and the weather and the conditions, you never know what you're going to get. It's always something weird happens there. So yes, I 100% agree with you. You need to check it out. So Andrew Peasley coming back for them. Do we think they have a shot to, be competitive yes. I, I i just think that they're a pretty decent looking football team yeah i i i think that it that wyoming very easily could be a team that could be in the running for the title absolutely um they i think that they are very well built um I, i'm a big fan of andrew peasley former aggie quarterback uh i think that they they're just tough and maybe that's you just pick that up when you play in laramie and you have to be but they are just always a really difficult, hard-nosed, hard-fought team to play. And so, yes, I uh, I think that they have a chance to be there. I like their roster. BYU. Uh, always more fun when BYU is good. I, I just want to give you my BYU take here. My BYU okay. take is this. I am not so much worried about the defense, actually. I think Jay Hill is a really good head coach. I think they did a lot in the transfer portal to get better. I think the Big 12 is probably easier to play defense in than it was independent against some of the schools they were playing. I think that they are going to be a team that's going to be able to limit people to between 24 and 29 points. I don't think they'll give up. Whoa, whoa, what was that number again? 24 and 29 points. If they do that, that is a remarkable accomplishment. Yeah, I think they can do it. Um, you look at TCU. TCU won the whole conference last year, right? I yeah. mean, I know they lost in the championship game to Kansas State, but mm -hmm. but TCU, you know, 
regular season was awesome. They had that hiccup in the championship game. They destroyed Michigan in the semifinal. And then, of course, we know what happened in the championship game. They gave up 29 points a game. This is your conference really champion who was undefeated until that championship game and still gave up 29 points a game. Like, yeah, that's a 24 to 29 might be a real big ask for BYU. Mm, okay. I like your logic. I do think they'll be able to keep the games close. I, okay. I, I'll just say it. I'm worried about Keaton Slovis. Like, I, I don't like the fact that we've, like, I know he hasn't come up in the top 60 and 60 yet, but I, I'm sure he'll be in the top five or top 10 or whatever. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, he's a P5 quarterback in the state. But if you really dig into Keaton Slovis's numbers, especially at Pitt, he was just a very average quarterback. Just a very, very average quarterback. And I like Aaron Roderick a lot. And I like the wide receivers they have a lot. But sometimes I get kind of worried that the turnovers are going to be an issue because the turnovers were an issue at Pitt. And I, I don't know. I'm not sold on Keaton Slovis. It feels like a lot of people are sold on Keaton Slovis. I'm just not one of those people. I need I need to see it actually work out first. I I think that he is probably a pretty big downgrade on Jaron Hall, especially because of how talented Jaron Hall was there at the end of his career. Um. Okay. So yes, I agree. I don't think that he could have a very good year and still not be um, Jaron Hall. I mean, Jaron Hall was just really special, but you know, Keaton Slovis last year completed what? 58% of his passes, hundred yards. 10 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You're right. Not great. Can he replicate his freshman year when he throws for three, 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions? Like a lot now, a lot of now that was at USC when you're loaded with wide receivers and you're loaded with a lot of talent. He goes out there and has, you know, a remarkable year. He goes to Pitt and it's not great. So what Keaton Slovis are you going to get at BYU? Are you getting... 2019 Keaton Slovis or you're getting 2022 so it's it's a really fair question to ask and and you're right very mediocre very pedestrian a pit um but he's shown the ability to be able to get the job done at some points so can BYU come close to replicating from a talent standpoint and I'm not saying that they they'll they'll absolutely replicate it but can they get him closer to 2019 USC than Pitt last year and there's some talent. I mean, he's got some weapons. Um, and there's also, I got to imagine, there's also a vibe like, this is it for me. Like, if I want to even sniff an NFL training camp, I have to have a great year. And so there's going to be a sense of urgency there. But I'm with you. I, I, I'm i not making a judgment. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm not going to say he's going to be bad. I don't know. And I'm going to reserve judgment uh, until we see this thing, until we see him in September. Because I, I could certainly see it going both ways. And your concerns and your questions are 100% valid. I do like, I do feel like the one thing that the national media sleeps on a little bit is like, people are kind of like, well, they lost a lot in the wide receiving room. I mean, did they really? I mean, Cody Epps, when he was healthy last year, he was really good. He was a yeah. really good football player. Chase Roberts, they really like him and he is, shown that he has the ability 
to produce. You've got Keanu Hill as well. I mean, to me, it feels like it's not that huge of a drop-off in terms of the talent they had at wide receiver last year to this year. I think that's being overblown a little bit. I think they're still going to be a fine team in terms of – of weapons. And I mean, you still have Isaac Rex there yeah, I mean, who was, who was never really healthy last year. So like you get him for a fully healthy season. Now that's a big, if he's an injury prone player, but like, I, I think they've got the pieces to be a really good offense. You, you just got to hope that Keaton Slovis is, you know, average or better. And I think uh, the, the addition of Aiden Robbins at running back, a really yeah. elite offensive line, um, I think those are good safety blankets for him. And I'm glad you brought up Isaac Rex because I was going to don't don't sleep on 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 his and, and you're right, he needs to be healthy. And if he is healthy, that guy is as dynamic of a playmaker as anybody in college football. So uh there there's a lot, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about with, a little bit with Utah State. I I feel really confident BYU is gonna be able to score points this year. Defensively, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop some of these high-powered offenses in uh, in the Big 12. But offensively, I think they can hang. What do you think of the schedule for BYU? Just out of curiosity, looking at it here, I mean, the non-con is not overly terrible outside of a trip to Arkansas. But even, you know, if Keaton Slovis plays well, you showed that you could stay competitive with Arkansas in that game last year in Provo. Like, I, I think they, they have a chance to hang in. They they do play Kansas. They do play Texas. They do play Oklahoma. They do play Oklahoma State. To me, those are the hardest games on the schedule. I, I think yeah. Cincinnati is a beatable team. Yeah I, yeah, I think Texas Tech has some good promise defensively, but I think if you can outscore them, then that's a game you can – win as well at TCU is a very hard game, but I don't know. I, I think people that think it's going to be really rough sliding when it gets to the big 12 season, I, I think that's a little bit inaccurate. I do think that BYU is probably going to win, you know, between two and four games within the conference at worst. I, and I think there's a shot. They do something better. I think that game in Provo against Oklahoma is something you look at and you say, Okay, that that could get kind of crazy at the end of the year. Oklahoma, Brett Venables does not have a great track record there right now. Um, Texas at Texas, Texas, you know, for as much hype as they always get, you know, there's would it shock you at all if we're coming out of that week and being like, wow, BYU just beat Texas. And it's like, well, yeah, because Texas, you know, it it ends up there for lost team again. But like, I don't know. I'm not as I. I think they will be a bowl team. That's that's my general takeaway. Right. And that's with, fair with BYU. I think they will be a bowl team. I think I, six I, wins is is the floor. I agree with that. I do think, and I think they'll be right on that six and six, seven and five line. Yeah, uh, this year. Um, and I think that's that's great because, you know, there's there could be an argument that this team wins four or five games. I just don't think that's the case. I think there's just too many good players on the team. The one thing that concerns me, and I think it's real. Um, look, I never played college athletics. I don't know the grind. I, I can't imagine it's, it, it's certainly easy, but it's, you know, and I, I do this too, where you look at these individual games and be like, okay, West Virginia should be a W, you know, Iowa state coming into town. That should, you know, but the problem is, is that BYU and I know that they loaded up and, you know, we talk about their year last year or two years ago when they, uh, ripped through the, the, the PAC 12 and were undefeated. But the problem is, is BYU is not, these players are not used to playing 
very big, meaningful games in November. And even, you know, late October too. Like it's just, it's not, their, their schedule has always been really heavy front loaded. Um, and, and then once you get to October and November, then they're playing UMass or they're playing Toledo or they're playing, you know, just whoever Tom Homo could just plug in there to fill out a schedule. What's it going to be like when you're playing, you know, Oklahoma in October or in middle of November, when you're playing Texas in late October, and these are conference games um, and, and the grind of playing that, that kind of competition week in and week out for the entire you know, nine game conference schedule, that's going to be a wear and tear. And it's going to take a while. Utah had a really hard time with that. Um, and then once they got the depth and they figured it out, then they were off to the races. But I think it's a realistic concern to have about how BYU deals with the grind of a long power five conference schedule that could create them problems down the stretch. That is fair. I, I agree with you, but the depth is not quite power five level yet. Now, I, I think that that is a fair assessment of, of BYU's roster. I just, I do think they'll be good. And I, I'm not one of the, you know, that's the other thing, man. I, ju- I just want Utah to go to Big 12 so they can play BYU. There you like go. I, to me, uh, okay, I have to ask this question. I think you, you're on Twitter or X, I guess, whatever. Who cares? Elon's ruining whatever. Uh, my my favorite pastime. But um, the number one thing I cannot stand on Twitter is these Utah and BYU fans that pretend like it would be the end of the world if they played each other in the same conference. To me, I question your fandom at that point. It's like, what are you talking about? Do you think Michigan fans don't want to play Ohio State every year? Do you think Auburn fans don't want the chance to play Alabama every year? Like, what are we doing here? If you hate each other, if this really is one of college football's premier rivalries, why isn't it get to the Big 12, play each other in the last week of the season every year? If you are as good as you think you are, you could be potentially competing for conference titles in those games. Like, what are we doing here? I, I don't know if 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 you just if you feel the same way, but I cannot stand those people. Those people that just pretend like, oh, it's the end of the world if we have to play BYU. It, what are you talking about? What where does that even come from? You you should want to play your rival. Like Utah State fans, they want to play Boise State. Like they, you know, they want to play San Diego State. Like they they want to play Wyoming. Like you should want to play your, I don't know. I just can't yeah. stand it. Well, look, I always have your back on this one because look, I cut my teeth in this business um, as a, as a sports radio guy. And I've been in this market for a long, long time, Eric. And for the first 10, 12 years of working in this market, you always set your watch to the fact that that last game of the year, you know, around Thanksgiving was Utah BYU. And that's, that's, you know, that's what, that's part of my DNA as a sports radio guy in Utah is Utah BYU. And so, yes, I'm with you. Like I'm not a fan of either team, uh, but I am a fan of great football. I'm a great, a fan of great storylines. I'm a fan of great moments. And that Utah BYU rivalry means something to me personally, as a guy that's covered these teams and covered these games for so many years. So selfishly, yes, yes, absolutely. 1000% yes. I would love nothing more 
than to see Utah in the Big 12 playing BYU Thanksgiving weekend and hopefully with something big on the line. That That is my absolute dream. And I know there'll be a Utah fan or BYU fan out there that'll be like, oh, I can't stand them. I never want to be associated. No want to play them. Sucks. All right, that's fine. That's your opinion. I'm just telling you, selfishly, it's good for the state. It's good for everything that we've got going on. Um, it, it, I would love nothing more to see it happen. I don't know. It just makes me feel like have some more respect for yourself. <laughs> you don't see an Ohio State fan being like, oh, God, here we go. It's uh, we got to play Michigan again. Like what what a what what a pain. No, they they want to beat the shit out of Michigan every single year. And like, that's what you should like. You wanna... ah, I, don't, I don't know, man. It just it it, it, it peeves me that that, yeah. that, that that people believe that they're too good for one another. No, it's it's a rivalry. Like you're supposed to play each other. It's not a rivalry if you just run away from each other. Like that's that's you can't make comparisons if you don't play each other. Like the yeah, I I really do hope if 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 Utah doesn't get back to the I know there's scheduling concerns, but I do hope they bring that game back in non-conference, even if you know even if they don't yeah. end up in the in the same conference it's it's a shame that, that it's not because you know BYU like BYU has gotten and BYU right now has gotten to the point where BYU hopefully in a year or two they're at the same level as, as a team like Baylor and you don't have to schedule Baylor and you can just say no BYU is a team that's competing for P5 titles in the Big 12 like we want them on our schedule like I I, I really hope that I hope it comes back I, I miss it a little bit yeah but yeah all right, Utah. So I, I uh, obviously the story of camp is will Cam Rising be ready? But man, I just look at that defense and I say, like, your biggest question mark is Miles Battle. I guess. I guess yep. your biggest question mark is, is an SEC cornerback good? It would, would you say that's accurate? I think that's fair. Um, you know, didn't start a lot, played in a lot of games, didn't start a lot, um, and is going to be thrown to the wolves. And uh, I think those are all fair questions to ask. Um, but the defense, I it is a embarrassment of riches on that Utah yeah, defense. So it is, and, and it and it the, the whole Cam Rising storyline really bums me out because if Cam's a hundred percent, I think it's a fair conversation to talk about this team not only winning three in a row in the Pac-12, but being a uh, a potential college football playoff team. Um, I don't think he's healthy. Uh, I, I'm glad that Kyle Whittingham actually said something because we had been hearing things for a long time that, that Cam wasn't ready or is going to be really close to being ready. And you're, you're, you're like, you know this better than anybody because you were on those Utah State broadcasts. The the timing and the severity of the injuries are very similar. What yeah. Logan Bonner dealt with, yep. And what Cam Rising's, Logan yeah, Bonner it scares in, me, dude. Logan Bonner was in the bowl game in you know December twentieth and did not have a complete tear of his ACL, but it was about an 85 percent tear of his ACL. And all off season, it's like he's on pace, he's on track, and and got in and and it you could tell immediately he wasn't right. I watched him in the scrimmage in fall camp and i'm like he's not ready like it's he can't there's no confidence in that knee and sure enough it bled over into the regular season and he just was not right let's look at cam rising 
late, you know, January 1 injury, ACL, maybe not a complete tear, but some significant damage to that knee. And you hope that he's ready for Florida, but I don't know. Like, it just, it, it's a big ask, and it's not a knock on Cam Rising. It's just, it's just the reality. Like, you're asking him to do a lot. And frankly, if it was me, I would not play him against Florida. Even if he's 90%, I, look, Utah went to a Rose Bowl in a year that they lost to San Diego State. You can win a championship and and still sacrifice. And I'm not even saying you concede a non-conference game, but I'm just saying I am more interested in beating Oregon State earlier in the year. And that showdown against USC in the Coliseum when they're going to want blood uh, after what Utah did to him last year. You need Cam Rising for those games. You don't necessarily need him for Florida. You don't necessarily need him for Baylor. You'd love to have him, but you don't want to sacrifice your regular season or, or your conference season just so he can play against against Florida. The thing that I, I think has been a little bit undercovered is it's just Logan Bonner, like Logan Bonner was primarily a pocket passer. Like that that was kind of you'd agree with that assessment, right? Yeah. Cam rising, like the part of his game that kind of makes him special is his ability to move within the pocket and make things happen off platform. And when the play breaks down, and if, if your knee is not a hundred percent, like that, what makes him special is gone. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I am really concerned about is that, that as, as well, the thing that I'm more interested in is, it seems like Nate Johnson has just kind of disappeared from a quarterback room and Brandon Rose, who we don't know a ton about would be the successor. If, if cam couldn't play. And I just wonder, you know, I watched a little bit of the spring game, but like, I don't know what, what have you heard about Brandon Rose? He He's a guy that I think I'm most interested in, yeah. in Utah's camp. I'm just really interested because if, if he's promising, like, I think you're absolutely right. There's no reason you play Cam Rising against Florida or Baylor or even Weber State, for that matter. Like, you just rest him until you get to conference play and, and get him right. And, hey, it, you know, even if, you know, even if he gets to UCLA and he's like, man, I, I don't really want to go yet. Like, he's still got a guy. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham loves Cam Rising. Like, he's not going to keep him benched, even if Brandon Rose comes in and, and takes over the world. I just feel like, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I feel like they should be extra cautious because I think if you feel like Brandon Rose is good enough, the defense can win against Florida. Florida is yep. not going to be a good team this year. They lost their quarterback and they were not a particularly good football team last year. Baylor is a winnable game. I, I mean, it's in Waco, but it's a winnable game. And, you know, then you've got you know your FCS game, which you can pretty much take care of. I I think they can easily start 3-0 even without Cam Rising. I, I'm with you. I think they should, you know, be very, very cautious with his timetable. Well, uh, so I'll ask you the question that Hans and I had a debate about earlier today. Do you go with the safe guy in the pig farmer, uh, Bryson Barnes, and just say, hey, you know what? Uh, he's not flashy. He's not spectacular. But let's hope he doesn't make the big mistake. Run the ball. Play great defense. Play great special teams and hopefully get a win or, and, and I've, I've talked to a lot of people up there. They love Rose and they love his potential and they love his ceiling. But with a player like that, a young player like that, you might see some mistakes out there on the field. 
uh, but the upside is way higher than Barnes. So do you do you throw the youngster in the mix and say, let's go and let's see what he can do uh, against a team out of the SEC? Or do you play it safe with Barnes and and know that he's not individually going to win you a game, but he probably also won't lose you a game on his own? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I I feel like that's a fair question. Where I'm at with Bryson Barnes is he was a fun story. He really was. I, I get it. I get that Utah fans love him. I get that, you know, he's from rural Utah. People love the pig farmer story, everything like that. Sometimes I feel like Utah fans didn't watch Penn State. I mean, I see. That's what I said on the air today. This is why I like you, Eric. Like, like what, 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 what are we talking awful. about? He was God awful in that game. That, that was Utah's worst. Probably, I would argue, in the Kyle Whittingham era of the past few years, that Rose Bowl last year, once Brandon Rose got in there, was the most embarrassing result they've had. I, I, I think they got embarrassed. And I don't want to put him back out there on the field. If Brandon Rose throws a few interceptions, one, Kyle Whittingham's not going to let that happen because he's going to tell Andy Ludwig, okay, we have like four running backs that we can go go to. We're just going to run the ball every single play, hope our offensive line out out muscles their guys, and win this thing, you know, 24 to 17 like we always do when we're in these types of spots. Or Brandon Rhodes comes in, makes a few nice throws, manages the game well, and you still have a shot to win. I just, I, I, after what I saw against Penn State, I, I don't even know why Bryson Barnes is on the roster, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. Like he's 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 just he's he's a good he's a warm body at this point. I, yeah. I, I would much rather see Nate Johnson or Brandon Rose. I feel like if you recruit these guys at this point, you recruit these big time quarterback prospects, like why are you going with your walk on? Like you gotta put some faith in your talent evaluation and, and go with the guy that you trust. That's to me, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, I agree. I Look, I will always go with upside over safe. I, I will, because I think you're better off in your development. You're better off in in uh, in 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 your long term success, throwing a guy to the wolves and saying, let's go. Let's lead this team. And and, you know, Kyle Whittingham's got that history like he had Troy Williams a few years ago, safe senior quarterback. And instead, he's like, I like Tyler Huntley. I'm going to go with him. So. You know, who knows? We'll we'll see. But it's 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 the biggest storyline in the state of Utah right now going into the start of the season is is the health cam rising. Absolutely. I do have concerns about the Utah offense. I do. Uh Don Kincaid is a huge loss. A yeah. huge loss. Everyone's focused on cam rising, but is Brant Keithy gonna be a hundred percent? Like, is he gonna be a hundred percent? Because if he's not a hundred percent, then you're looking at like I I respect Devon Bailey like I get he puts up numbers but like we're no one's looking at him as an elite receiving threat and like Money Parks is a nice jet sweep guy and a, a, a decent slot receiver but you can't count on him to be a number one like I don't even looking at these magazines and stuff I don't even know who Mikey Matthews is I I don't even know who that guy is like I I don't. I thought they should have been, you know, my biggest gripe with Kyle Whittingham is that he always says, you know, we're in a passing game now. We got to be able to pass the football. Well, okay. Having great running, having great tight ends is a good strategy, but like go out and hit the portal and get one of these big time 
wide receiver transfers. Well, from what I've heard, that uh, the two they brought in, the kid from Indiana, and then I'm spacing the other one, um, that they're very high on both of them. Okay. So, so I do think that uh, the coaching staff is pretty high on on these dudes and their capability. So I'm with you. Uh, you know, one thing about Utah, they put a lot of dudes in the NFL, and they've had a lot of success with a lot of guys uh, in different positions. Wide receiver, not one of them. I mean, Tim Patrick did not have a tremendous career. He was an undrafted free agent, right? But and and you know, probably seeing what he's done in the NFL, probably should have been a bigger target at the University of Utah. So, so from a wide receiver standpoint, you know that that needs to be better, needed to be developed better for sure. You know, I, I talked to COC Mariner, who had a good career at Utah, and then he goes to Utah State and has eleven hundred yards and just tears it up. And I asked him once why I transferred. He's like, I just, I needed, I loved Utah. I loved everything about it. I didn't want to leave Utah, but I also knew that I needed to put a resume together for the next level. And I needed to show scouts what I could do. And that wasn't going to happen at Utah. And so he goes to Utah State, plays with Jordan Love and has a tremendous season. And now he's, you know, making money playing in the CFL. Yeah. Last thing on Utah. I know there's some questions around this player, but I just want to throw this take at you. I think Jaquindon Jackson has the potential to be one of these special Utah running backs. I think I saw enough from him, especially in that USC game, that he is big-bodied, he is physical, he is shifty, he is fast. If they use him as the bell cow back, he can be a really special player for Utah. I know there are some questions about him going into camp. I know there are some questions about the running back room, but I'm super confident in him. I know Jalen Glover's got a lot of hype. I know they've still got Michael Bernard, but I think Jaquindon Jackson needs to see all the snaps at running back that he can get because I think if you put the ball in his hands, he is a playmaker and he's just going to be a special player. You're giving up on Chris Curry too? Chris Curry's coming off a big injury. I mean... I, I like Chris Curry. He's a, a fan favorite, but he's coming off a big injury. I, I'm just a huge Quindon Jackson fan. I, yeah. I just, every time he touched the ball in that USC game, every time he touched the ball against Colorado, he was an explosive player. And yeah. like, I, I think you got to keep getting him a ball. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Jalen Glover, I mean, we, everybody thought he was going to be such a tremendous player and he, and he was good. I mean, I, but the bar was set way too high for him uh going into the season last year as a true freshman um Chris Curry you're right with the injury I love Mackay Bernard because he just does everything that's asked of him you mm-hmm. know he's not flashy but he'll just the dude just whatever you need him to do he'll find a way to get it done so there's you know it's like you know the old hungry hungry hippos you know there's a lot of those arms reaching out trying to get all those carries and uh the cream will rise to the top though and and you know the Kyle eventually wants a guy that's going to be the 20 to 25 carry guy. Um, I know that they do love Chris Curry, um, but you're right. The injury is real. It, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see who ends up being the bell cow. Cause there will be a guy. They, they, Kyle's not a committee guy. So who's going to be the guy that rips him away. Very well. Could be Jaquinnon. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was great. Thank you so much for giving me a, a, a lot of time there on uh, college football. I do have a few more topics if you've got some time, but I, I, I do realize that we're running up on an hour here. Yeah, I got to uh, 
I, I got to pick up my kid from football practice. And so I've got to leave in about seven minutes. So, okay. I have to ask you, um, uh, I, because I blame my father. Are, are you ready for the day your son turns around and says, dad, why, why am I a Broncos fan? Like, are you, are you ready for that day? Because my dad has let me know, you know, he, he grew up in Boulder in you know, the Elway years. Like being a Broncos fan is pain. Even yeah. if you're good, being a Broncos fan is pain. And today Tim Patrick tears his Achilles and it's like, oh, well, like, what, what are we even doing here at this point? I was pretty optimistic going into the season, but then that happened today. And I was like, oh, no, this is the same exact thing. I guess we're winning seven games again. Uh, and that will honestly, Scotty, that will make me angrier than if we win four games because at least we'd have a shot at Caleb Williams at that point. I I, I am just I'm I'm downtrodden, man. I I I really thought I was going to be able to to talk myself into Champagne Broncos. I and then what the hell is our head coach doing? Like what the <laughs> hell what the hell is our head coach doing? Going out and like bad mouthing poor Nathaniel. Like I get it, Nathaniel Hackett's a bad football coach, but like no. you don't need to be doing that publicly to USA Today. That's going to be the number one headline. And oh yeah, you played them this year. I am just so worried that the Jets are just about to dominate us in in Week Four and and really not look back. I I am I'm not a fan of the current state of the franchise personally. All right. Here's the thing. Nathaniel Hackett deserves all the smoke that's coming his way because that was the word. Look, Sean Payton. It is true. He, he said no lies. Sean Payton probably shouldn't have said it. And I think that it's not okay what he did. However, he said nothing that wasn't wrong. You couldn't get plays in. You, uh, you're, you were so undisciplined. Uh, it was a train wreck. I've watched Broncos games since... 1986 when i was in elementary school like i have got so much history with this team and i've never seen anything like that and it's tough you know you talk about my kid like it's tough because for the majority of my life uh up until they won the super bowl in 2015 a bad year for the broncos was eight and eight that i mean that 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 was a bad year they just didn't have like there was you know, there was a couple seven and nines. And I remember, you know, uh, two like five and 11s in there somewhere. Up but until a few years part, ago, they were one of the winningest franchises in NFL yeah. history. Like you just didn't, you didn't, I couldn't comprehend what it was like to be a laughing stock in the league. And I remember I was calling, um, calling a Utah state game in Hawaii and watching them play the Rams on Christmas day and oh, Baker Mayfield God. looking like he was Joe Montana. Ugh. It was it was a laughing stock. So you know what, Hackett, you sucked and you deserve it. Now, is it professional? No. Is it unbecoming? Yes. But does he deserve it? Yes. Because that was that was a low point in my fandom. I, I feel my kid. You're right. I'm worried about the day that he uh, says, "Dad, I just can't do it anymore." Because he doesn't know any of the good stuff. He was, you know, he was three when they won the Super Bowl. So he all he knows is bad football, and and it breaks my heart that he never knew what it was like to know that you're going to be in the running every single year, and that bums me out for sure. Can I tell you something really sad that I spent a lot of time researching over the offseason? Sure. And, and my metric for Broncos' success this year, 
Did you know that over the past seven years, the Broncos have averaged 12 and a half punts per game? (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. I'm not lying to you. 12 and a half punts per game. I will be happy Uh this year if the offense averages eight punts per game or less. I literally, oh my God, Scotty. I just want to watch a watchable offense. You yeah. know how long it's been since they've had a watchable offense? Um, about 2016. Yeah. Even that year, that was the Super Bowl year, and that offense was not watchable because Peyton Manning's arm was dead. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would argue you have to go back to 2015. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I'm never going to give up on them because it's I am. It'll be better. It'll be I, better. I, I, this I was, year, it's going to be better. I was born into it, but like we're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. Like, and I get it. I can't complain. I saw a Super Bowl. Like I was in high school. I get it. I I, I felt the, the joy of a Super Bowl. Yeah. But man, man, it just feels like people are like, oh, they could be a playoff team. I mean, I'd be happy if they had a winning season. If they had nine wins, if they're nine and eight this year, I'll be over the moon. Oh, yeah, for Any, sure. But anything, yeah. Again, my greatest fear is they finish between six and eight wins, and they're bad enough to not be in the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to be there for Caleb Williams. Yep. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough, man. We'll get through it, though. It's going to be all right. We'll get through it. Absolutely. Well, Scotty, I, I want to let you go. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. I, I really appreciate it. I Like I said, I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, please tell Hans a belated happy birthday. I texted him earlier today, but uh, I just want to make sure the message gets through. I, I, I hope he's doing well. I'm, I miss him quite a bit. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really do hope I can make this a yearly occurrence. I hope I can chat with you next late July. Love to. Absolutely, man. You're the best. Uh... Whatever you need from us, we're always happy to help. We're always here for you. You're uh, you're one of the good dudes, Eric. Appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. This will be up later tonight, and we will be back with an AFC South preview tomorrow. Until then, we will see you next time. Peace out.